1991, blonde, handsome Dr. Dmitry Ryobolev was poised for a career in cardiology, along with his wife. Then the USSR crumbled. The country's assets were being gobbled up by shrewd investors. It marked the rise of the oligarchs. This called for a career change and a change of scenery for Dmitry, one that would eventually lead him to a mega mansion in Palm Beach. I'm Pat Beale, and this is the third installment in our Dancing Oligarchs podcast. We're looking at the interesting, sometimes jaw-dropping, backstories of people with Russian connections who were in the Florida orbit of the man who would become the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. So, back to Dimitri. <clears throat> Excuse me, Pat, uh, you forgot to introduce me. And joining me, Palm Beach Post columnist Frank Cherubino, who will be strictly relegated to the role of podcast accordionist per our contract. With occasional insightful commentaries thrown in. Not really, Frank. Remember the deal. Just the accordion. Start squeezing. Uh. So, back to Dmitri, our Russian cardiologist, who in the post-Soviet era decides to toss away all those years of rigorous training and a specialized degree to try his hand at something much more lucrative. Let me guess, uh, cosmetic implants. Not enough money there, Frank. Have you ever been a Boca Raton? <laughs> Dmitri became a stockbroker, and just a few years later, Dr. Dmitri was the potash king. Potash? Wait, is that something they sell at Whole Foods in the quinoa aisle? Potash is fertilizer. And here's the thing. Nothing grows well without potash. And Dimitri, at the tender age of 29, was sitting atop one of the biggest potash companies in the world. Excuse me for interrupting again, Pat, but there, there may not be any good songs about potash. I may have to wait for something better to come along. I and our listeners will breathlessly await. Dimitri, not everything was rosy for him. He spent 11 months in a Russian prison. Prison. I can work with that. Accused of trying to have a businessman murdered. Charges were dropped. Dmitry didn't seem to be in favor with Putin either. In fact, a few years down the road, a Putin crony would reopen an investigation into a terrible industrial accident involving Dmitry's company. 12,000 people had to be evacuated. It left a giant hole in the ground. So we're talking about something the size of a Florida sinkhole? Maybe the size of your favorite city, Frank, Boca Raton. Or maybe two Connecticut's with the Rhode Island cherry on top. More accordion. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to help you out with some deeper geographical context here, Pat. There was a lot of speculation. The new investigation was because the Kremlin was looking for an excuse to seize Dmitry's company, which was something of a cash cow. By then, Dmitry had moved, some might say fled, to Switzerland with his family. You get to have more than one address when you're a billionaire, though, so he also went to Monaco, overpaying for fine art, palling around with the prince, buying a soccer team. Back in Switzerland, he and his wife, who was about to file for divorce, were building a replica of Marie Antoinette's small palace. That's also about the time when a trust he created overpaid for Donald Trump's Palm Beach mansion. Wait, wait a second, Pat. Who's to say that, you know, what's overpaying for a mansion in Palm Beach? I don't even know what that means. Well, the real estate market was past teetering at that point and already cratering when Dimitri was a buyer. 
But instead of getting a good deal, he shelled out $95 million for Trump's spare Palm Beach mansion. The $95 million was $53 million more than what Trump had paid for it just a few years earlier. And according to the Palm Beach property appraiser, Dimitri paid Trump $38 million more than the property appraiser said it was worth. Wow. The art of the deal in this case seems to hinge on dealing with a Russian fertilizer billionaire with flight capital to plant somewhere. And yet the mansion sale was not fertile ground. Post reporter Alex Cloud did the math, and it looks like the $95 million deal has cost Dimitri in the neighborhood of $115 million. Now, of course, it's been said the rich are different from you and me, and it's also been said one of the ways they are different from you and me is that the very rich do not care very much about overpaying for a special house because it's a status thing. Overpaying for a trophy property? It's just money, part of the je ne sais quoi of the deal. Very different from you and me. You know what? I I once got soaked by a Dunkin' Donuts that charged me 20 cents more for coffee on the day after a hurricane, and I boycotted that store for 14 years. I feel your coffee pain. But overpaying is not the only odd thing about the sale. One French-language magazine said that Dimitri had house-hunted in Palm Beach a few years earlier while he was staying at the Breakers, and that he came up to the Trump Mansion property one day. I guess he tiptoed because the magazine said he hadn't been able to arrange a formal walkthrough, and so he walked up from the beach. But he didn't think much of the property. I believe the magazine also said he thought Trump's mansion looked like a giant pastry. So, okay, so why did he pay so much? There are a couple of possible explanations. One, he was hiding money before his divorce by overpaying. That's what his wife said in divorce papers. Hiding money in that divorce would make a lot of sense because not so long after the mansion buy, she got a $4.6 billion, with a B, settlement, the largest divorce in the world, if not the known universe. Well, you know, better to give it to Trump than the ex-wife, right? What's your other explanation, though? That Dimitri was hiding money from the Kremlin. That's what he hinted at in divorce papers. And that would make a lot of sense, too, if, as has been frequently suggested, Vladimir Putin was shaking down oligarchs for a piece of the action, making Vlad the most efficient shakedown artist in the world, if not the known universe. Yeah, hiding it from Vlad. I like that explanation better. In any event, Dimitri changed his mind about liking the Trump mansion. And because he did, Trump got a windfall profit just when he needed it most. Yeah, I remember that. The year was 2008, and that was a rough one for Trump. That's right. The market wasn't only cratering in Florida. The year of the sale, Trump was personally on the hook for $40 million after sales started slumping at a Chicago Tower project. He was late on payments, and the bank wanted its $40 million. I guess you could say that Trump needed to grow some money and a Russian fertilizer billionaire came along. No, Frank, you could say that. Dimitri's millions gave Trump enough to pay off a $20 million mortgage and still have enough to pay most of the $40 million to help resolve that pesky Chicago problem. He didn't use the money to pay the bank, though. Instead... He sued the bank for $3 billion, saying the real estate recession that kept him from paying his bills was the equivalent of an act of God beyond anyone's control. <laughs> That's a good one. Accordion. Uh, yeah, right. but I can't help but commenting. You know, commentary is just an act of God. He also said the bank should have known better than to lend him the money in the first place, given the bad economy. The upshot? 
Dimitri got an oceanfront Palm Beach house that he once said he didn't want and that he would never live in, and that would be that. Except that flash forward a few years, and businessman Trump is now presidential candidate Trump flying around the United States, and so is Dimitri. Now, a lot of people ask why Dimitri was setting his plane down in such places as Duluth, Minnesota that year. And by the way, when a Post reporter called the Duluth airport, they told him, I'm paraphrasing here, what is wrong with you people? It was not a big deal. Yeah, don't you know? We get lots of fertilizer oligarchs up here. Maybe he's got some family in Bemidji. It did feel a bit odd. Because in the months leading up to Trump accepting the Republican nomination, Dimitri was flying a lot, and almost always to and from Nice and Zurich and Marseille and London and Greece and Rome and Naples and Tokyo and Beijing. And that seemed to change a bit after candidate Trump got the party's nomination. When Trump was in Concord, North Carolina, so was Dimitri's plane. When Trump was in New York, so was Dimitri's plane. Dimitri and Trump were not on the tarmac at Las Vegas at the same time, but they were there on the same day, and McClatchy newspapers reported Trump was at a rally in the hotel of casino mogul and Trump supporter Sheldon Adelson, and Dimitri's plane was taxiing into Adelson's airplane hangar. Now, Dimitri says he was in Concord to check on a new business there. Trump says he's never met Dimitri. And both say the plane landings are coincidence. Yeah, you know, I've always said it's much better when airplanes collude rather than collide. Ah. And here's another place. His plane records show he didn't seem to spend an extensive amount of time in Moscow. Maybe he really was nervous about the Kremlin seizing assets or money. Or maybe he just remembered his time in prison there. Hard to forget. But Dmitry did have a reason to fly back to Moscow the year of the presidential campaign because now he was about to get a lot of cash. Just a few hundred yards from the Kremlin, he owned a 1913 building. It was the last major real estate property he had in Mother Russia, according to Russian press reports. And in January 2017, he got lucky. The government officially allowed him to sell the building to a partnership of Chinese and Russian investors. Wait, wait, let me guess. There's also a Trump connection with the investors, too. Well, a little thread of irony, anyway. The Chinese partner was actually a conglomerate headed by a billionaire businessman who had said of Trump that he was optimistic about the changes a businessman turned president will bring to America. He also told Bloomberg News it was unlikely Trump would start a trade war with China, and I hope he got his money back from whomever sold him that crystal ball. And deeper, deeper into the rabbit hole of irony, that Chinese company's U.S. insurance arm once sold liability coverage to, wait for it, the CIA. Yikes, I'm sorry I asked. Out of the rabbit hole, though, and back to Dimitri. Now, it was Dimitri who had a lot of money, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 120 to 160 million dollars, depending on which Russian language news site you read. And he had a Palm Beach mansion? Not for long. Dimitri never set foot in it, and Alex Clow, our math-savvy colleague, found Dimitri has had to plow about 20 million dollars more into the place for taxes, utilities, upkeep. Somebody has to mow the lawn. Oh, that's what I call a money pit. And he didn't spend a day there? Uh, no, and the home doesn't even exist anymore. Dimitri tore it down, pizza parlor and all, subdivided it into three parcels and put them up for sale. But Trump made out like a bandit, right? Well, 
there are prices to be paid for real estate. And then there are prices to be paid. Oh, you mean like a hidden price, one that wasn't visible at the time of the sale. Well, I don't think anyone saw Robert Mueller on the horizon. The special prosecutor's team reportedly put the Manchin deal under the microscope as part of its investigation into Russian involvement in the 2016 election. As for Dmitry, he may be looking at time behind bars again. He's been arrested in Monaco on corruption charges involving bribes paid to government officials. He's denied all the charges. There's a lot of good reporting on Dimitri and the mansion, including from our own Alex Clow, who followed the sale from the very beginning, and John Pacenti, who took an early look not only at where Dimitri's planes landed, but also where his yacht turned up. We have links to their stories and many more on our website, www.dancingoligarchs.com. We have links to original source material, too, such as the 100-page filing in Dimitri's divorce, translated for your convenience from the French. And we welcome your letters, questions, and comments. Just send them to dancingoligarchs at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review wherever you download your podcast. It helps listeners find their way to our stories. Next up in our Florida Trump-Russian series where Dimitri parked all those fertilizer billions and why that mattered to another Palm Beacher and Trump cabinet official, financier and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. <laughs>